0: It's good to feel guilty when you are. Paul faces his guilt, but refuses to live his life smothered with shame. He receives the grace of God. A little bit of religion can be highly dangerous, because it can inoculate us against the real thing. Have been in this series in the book of Acts, and this weekend we are ending that series. We're coming to the end of it, and uh, uh, appropriately, the title for the message this weekend is Finishing Well. Finishing Well. The two uh, chapters that we're going to overview in the book of Acts this weekend covers a four, three to four, maybe five year period of history. So, this weekend's sermon is going to be four to five years long, so you look really excited about that. As an overview, uh, let me just give you the overview of what happens. Paul journeys to, uh, towards Rome for a trial before Caesar. He stops off at various ports along the way. There is a, a terrible storm that lasts for 14 days. And finally, there is a shipwreck. Uh, no lives are lost, but the ship is lost. Uh, They end up on the island of Malta, and the locals there welcome Paul and this group. Um, They make a fire for them. The snake comes out of the fire, attaches itself to Paul's hand, but he survives that. He then ministers healing while he's on the island of Malta, spends about three months there. And then he heads to Rome, and uh, he addresses some members of the Jewish community, and he gets a mixed response. Some really listen, and some actually walk out while he is preaching, which is really rude. So don't even think about it, all right? And then he spends about two years under house arrest. Let's dive in and have a look and think about finishing well. Acts 28 and verse 30 says this, for the next two years, Paul lived in Rome at his own expense. He welcomed all who visited him Boldly proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. And no one tried to stop him. I wonder what he was thinking during this time. Wouldn't it be kind of great if we could read some correspondence that the apostle Paul wrote while he was walking through this, this season of his life? Well, we can. He wrote to Timothy and uh, he wrote these words while he was under house arrest in Rome. Let's have a look, Second Timothy 4. And verse 6, Paul says, As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Timothy, Please come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia. Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, be sure to bring the coat I left with Carpus at Troas. Also, bring my books and especially my papers." Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but the Lord will judge him for what he has done. Be careful of him, for he fought against everything we said. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me, may it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety to all the Gentiles to hear, and he rescued me from certain death." Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila and those living in the household of Anisiphorus. Erastus stayed at Corinth and I left Trophimus sick at Miletus. Do your best to get here before winter. Eubulus sends you greetings and so do Pudens, Linus, Claudia and all the brothers and sisters May the Lord be with your spirit, and may his grace be with all of you. It it was 1975. Anyone remember 1975? It was a time of wonderful music and terrible fashions. I remember back then we used to wear uh, flared trousers. In England we call them trousers. What you call pants, we call trousers. In England your pants are your underwear, but that's not important right now. And we wore platform heels and flared trousers. And it was my very first day of Bible school. I was 19 years old. I, I had hair, long hair. Oh, for the hair. <laughs> and uh, I remember looking around that little gaggle of excited Bible school students. First day. We were going we to change the world for Jesus by next Tuesday. We were, we were excited. God was surely thrilled to have us on his team. So we thought. The Old Testament professor came out for our first class. He welcomed us to Bible school, and then he said something very shocking. He said, you are all excited today, but 10 years from now, half of you will not be walking with Jesus. And we looked around the room, and we were shocked. We're like, you've got to be crazy. You know, you've just been, you're out of your mind. We're we're the Bible school students. We're, We're the enthusiastic ones. Surely this could not be true of us. It was true. It was true. Ten years later, half of those who were enrolled in class that day were not living as Christians. He was right. Here, the Apostle Paul is ending his life and his ministry faithfully and well. Imagine this. He's able to say, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. Now, Now, notice that Paul doesn't talk about winning the race. You see, the Christian life is not about competition. It's about completion. It's not about comparing our journeys with each other. No, that's not the deal at all. Hebrews 12 describes us running the race that God has set before us. It's not about beating anybody, but it is about finishing well. And Paul was able to say that he had completed everything that God had set before him. I believe that we're here together today because not only do we want to be people who follow Jesus, but we want to finish well. We want to follow Jesus all the way. So what can we learn from this This series of episodes. Let's have a look. Dive in with me and follow in the bulletin if you will. First of all, if we're going to finish well, we need to invest in true friendship. Invest in true friendship. Here's a startling statement that may offend some. It's not just about you and Jesus. It's about investing not just in casual acquaintances, but in kingdom friendship. And as we invest in kingdom friendship, so we can finish well. Look at what Acts 27 says. The next day when we docked at Sidon, Julius was very kind to Paul and let him go ashore to visit with friends so they could provide for his needs. Acts 28. As a result, we were showered with honors. And when the time came to sail, people supplied us with everything we would need for the trip. We will see that friendship is peppered throughout this part of Paul's life we need friends who will stand with us on the darkest days 25 years ago I was preaching at a church in uh, in Oregon and uh, at the end of the service this family doctor guy came up to me he hadn't even didn't even come to the service which was kind of rude he just uh, showed up at the end for the coffee and uh, The reality is he was on call that weekend, so he couldn't be at the service, but I visited with this guy, and I met his wife. His name was Chris, and her name is Jeannie, and we visited for about 10 minutes, and without sounding weird, I hope, as they walked away, I remember saying to God, I would like to have them as friends, and we became friends, and our families vacationed together over the years, and... uh, I remember, I've shared this with you before, forgive me, but it's very poignant for me. I remember what happened the day my dad died. I was at his bedside. My mum was the other side of the bed. We were holding his hand. And my dad was always a bit of a joker. And he even had some fun as he died. Because he died three times and came back. (laughs) So he died and the nurse said, he's gone. And we started to cry and she said, nope he's back and he came back and then she said he's gone we start to cry again she said nope he's back I mean this is like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie and the third time she said yes he's gone I think maybe three seconds went by and the phone rang on the table at the bedside and you know I had this crazy thought that it might might be Jesus just call him through to say, it's okay, he's arrived safe and sound, everything's good. <laughs> it kind of was Jesus in the form of a friend, because Jesus does that. It was Chris. He was driving along a lonely road in Canada, and he said, Jeff, he said, what's going on? He said, i tracked you down to the hospital. He said, what's going on? I said, Chris, my dad just died 10 seconds ago. I'm holding his hand. He said, that's why. He said, I'm I'm driving along. And he said, I I suddenly felt like God spoke to me and said, pull over the car right now. Find Lucas. He needs you now. I mean, if you don't believe in God, you've got to believe in some crazy, 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 crazy coincidences. And... uh, I said, thanks so much, man. And he said, we'll get on a plane. We'll be over there with you for the funeral. Jeanie sang at my dad's funeral. I'm a rich man. I'm a rich man because I have friends. Who, do, who are our friends? And I'm not just talking about casual. Acts 28, look at this. There we found some believers who invited us to spend a week with them. And so we came to Rome. The brothers and sisters in Rome had heard we were coming. And they came to meet us at the Forum on the Appian Way. Others joined us at the three taverns. When Paul saw them, he was encouraged and thanked God. The Forum of Appius is 43 miles from Rome. And this this three taverns, that, that is 33 miles from Rome... And there's no buses for 1,900 years. But these people walked for days to be with Paul and strengthen him. And he thanked God. And look at him, 2 Timothy 4. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to to me in my ministry. And then he lists his friends out in this passage. Uh, And one thing I conclude is that Paul liked to have friends whose names are awkward to pronounce. (laughs) Erastus and Trophimus and Eubulus and Pudens and Linus and Claudia and, and Priscilla and Aquila. Do you remember them, anyone? Priscilla and Aquila. Do you remember them with Apollos, how they told Apollos the truth? I want friends who will walk 33 miles and tell me the truth. How many of us try to tell the truth most of the time? Raise your hand if you try to tell the truth, okay? How many of you have have ever checked a box which said, I have read and understood these terms and conditions? (laughs) Come forward right now. (laughs) When everything goes wrong without sounding like a movie, who are you going to call? Only in the 10 o'clock do we get the Ghostbusters response. (laughs) Who are you going to call? And more importantly, who's going to call you? I won't embarrass anybody. The person who I'm referring to knows who they are. But this week on Facebook, I saw a picture and it talked about amazing, wonderful friends warmed my heart as they were celebrating those relationships that I know have been sustaining to them over the years. Who, who are we going to call? Who's going to call us? Secondly, if we're going to finish well, let's have faith for each season. Let's have faith for each season. Look at Acts 27. Paul says, for last night... An angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. Once more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. Now, Jesus was really kind to Paul because he keeps showing up. In, uh, in Corinth, Christ came to Paul in a vision. Acts 18. In Caesarea, two years before this, uh, Jesus appeared to Paul, Acts 23. And now on board this ship, the angel of the Lord appears again. Uh, By the way, notice this. The repeated message that Jesus and the angel brings goes like this. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's interesting that that's the consistent theme. Don't be afraid and I am with you. And then Paul takes that promise when they're in the middle of a storm and he says, hey, this is is what I've been promised. So every little thing's gonna be all right because I've been promised this. He is applying his faith in the current season. That challenges me. Am I still living by faith? Because when life gets easier, dependency drops and we don't have to maybe trust as much as we did. Um, I remember starting off in ministry, we planted a church in a low-income low area, we were there for seven years, and we had nobody to come to the church, so we, Kay and I spent six weeks knocking on people's doors, uh, telling them about this new church that we were starting, and we actually would knock on the door and pray that no one would be in, because we were so scared, it's kind of stupid. And we gathered about six or eight people, and then the six or eight became 20, and the 20 became 50, and the 50 became 100, and the church grew. But we had nowhere to meet. We were meeting in a rented hall, and we were too, the church was getting too big. And there was a piece of land just opposite where we used to meet. So I called the city council, and I said, can we buy that piece of land for our church? And they said, absolutely not. It is zoned for a different purpose. There is no way that you can have that. So I went back to the church and said they told us no. And the church said, well, we all agree. Why don't we go out and pray on the land? So we went out and stood on the land. It's kind of crazy. We marched around the land seven times. Don't know why we did that. There were no Jericho walls to fall down or anything like that. Just a piece of land. So we marched around and we asked Jesus to give us the land and I called the city council and said, any chance we could get the land? And they said, yeah, we've met, we've changed our minds. You can buy the land. They said, but there is one condition you must fulfill if you are to buy this land. And i went, like, what's that? They said, well, you are a charity and so you must buy the land at only 25% of its value. Are you willing to accept this condition? I said, hold on a minute, let me pray about it. Amen, yes. (laughs) But as I was thinking about that this week, I'm thinking, would I still do crazy stuff like that? Or, Or would I just get on the phone to the attorney? There's nothing wrong with getting on the phone to the attorney, but I'm just saying, are we willing to live by faith? What does it mean for us to do that in this? season. Are we fulfilling our potential now in this season? Thirdly, let's refuse cynicism and disappointment. Refuse cynicism and disappointment. You see, Paul experienced a lot of relational disappointment. People let him down. You know why? We're fickle. People are fickle. You read that in this story. Look at Acts 28. Once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake, driven out by the heat, bit him on the hand. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, A murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed, the people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But when they'd waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided he was a god. Hello. One minute he's a criminal, the next minute he's a god. That's how fickle people can be. And even faithful friends can let us down. Look at 2 Timothy 4, this guy Demas Paul says, Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia. Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Now, who's Demas? We don't really know. But he appears three times in the New Testament. The first time, in Philemon, he is described as the Apostle Paul's fellow worker. The second time he appears in Colossians, he is mentioned alongside Dr. Luke, who wrote Acts. So he's part of the inner circle. But now, he's mentioned as a guy who betrayed and deserted Paul. And that's not all of it. It got, it got worse than that. Look at 2 Timothy four fourteen. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but the Lord will judge him for what he's done. Be careful of him, for he fought against everything we said. The first time I was brought before the judge... No one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against them. Here's what can happen. We can get cynical. It happens in friendships. It happens in marriages. And it happens in churches. And let me tell you what prejudice does. When we make our minds up about someone, or our spouse, or our church, let me tell you what happens. Prejudice goes looking for confirmation, and edits out apparent contradictions. What I, let me explain that. When, when you've made your mind up about someone, you really notice the stuff that confirms your hypothesis. And in your marriage, you say, you always. But then when that person who you think is kind of not very nice, acts in a kindly way, you don't notice it. Or if you do notice it, you dismiss it because prejudice does that. It looks for confirmation of its suspicions and edits out contradictions. Let's not be cynical. I've met people they got mad with church. But they don't leave. They just carry on coming for a couple of years looking for further confirmations of their suspicions. And they don't notice the good stuff. They just have decided... And therefore, look for confirmation of their decisions. Look out for cynicism. Because it's a virus that can rob us of joy in life and faith. Number four. If we're going to finish well, let's be bold. Let's be bold knowing that faith is a fight. Be bold knowing that faith is a fight. Acts 28. He welcomed all who visited him, boldly proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. And no one tried to stop him. And then look look at what Paul says about faith to Timothy. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. Faith can be a fight. Believing can be a fight. Isn't it boring when you're suddenly mugged by doubt? You're halfway through the worship service. Everyone else is singing and looking happy. And you suddenly think to yourself, hope there's a god i could be grilling right now i hope we're not just serenading the ceiling doubt can come some of you looking at me kind of shocked you're saying pastor you're supposed to encourage us in our faith well i am but i want to be honest about doubt because it can happen doubt can strike us at the most unexpected times i often have crises of faith while in traffic jams If traffic is slow, I become mildly agnostic. If it really grinds to a standstill, I become a complete atheist. (laughs) say, really? You see, what can happen is that we experience a moment of doubt, and then we think, I must be, I I can't even, I I can't, perhaps I'm not a Christian. Faith can be a battle. I remember after my dad died, my brother and I, we went to the funeral home And they had dressed my father in a silk gown that made him look like a Liberace without a piano. (laughs) It was appalling. And I hope you won't think I'm being insensitive, but sometimes in these moments of grief, you just have to laugh. There's a relief in that. And I remember I looked at my dad there in the the casket in this red thing, and I turned to my brother and I I said, he wouldn't be seen dead in that. I mean, that is just... (laughs) idiots I want you to know that standing there next to his casket the idea that he might be somewhere else in heaven seemed utterly ludicrous he was dead and in that moment faith seemed like wishing upon a star now do I believe that he's in heaven right now As a yeah I do I just want to empower those of us who struggle with doubt and then feel like there must be something wrong with us. That faith is a fight. Don't write yourself off because there are times when you struggle to believe. The last thing is this, and that is let's keep our eyes. Keep your eyes on the reward ahead. Keep your eyes on the reward ahead. 2 Timothy 4 verse 8. Now the prize awaits me the crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge will give me on the day of his return and the prize is not just for me but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing 30 years earlier he'd began his journey with Jesus on the Damascus road and now he's ready to die someone said to me recently do you want to do you want to die and go and be with Jesus i said not at all absolutely not they said, well, surely you want to be with Jesus. I said, yeah, but not yet. They said, well, the apostle Paul said he was... I said, well, good for him. I'm happy for him, but I'm not in that. I want to see my grandsons grow up and get married. And I love life. But the apostle Paul here, he, he realizes that things are closing in. He uses a beautiful word for his dying, for departure. It's the Greek word for the loosing of a ship from a harbor. It's beautiful. Sailing into what C.S. Lewis describes, the ongoing chapters of the great story, which go on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. I love that. And then the book of Acts comes to an end. No trial, no execution of poor. Have you ever watched a movie where you're waiting for the big ending, and then suddenly it ends, and they don't tell you what happened. And I, I get upset. I say to Kay, what, what happened? She said, honey, don't worry. It's a story. Be at peace. <laughs> Dr. Luke, we've got the Apostle Paul sitting there teaching people, and then he wraps it up. I mean, what about the trial? front of Caesar? What, what about the execution? Church tradition has it that the apostle Paul was released, re-engaged in ministry, was re-arrested, brought back for trial, and ultimately executed, beheaded. Why doesn't, why doesn't Luke put that in? I'll tell you why. Here's a suggestion at least. Perhaps it's because the story of Acts is not about Paul. It's not about Peter. It's not even about the church because a lot of the time the Holy Spirit was doing stuff behind the church's back and they had to catch up. It's about God. You'd have thought that Paul's ending would be in here. It's kind of disconcerting, isn't it, to discover that we're not the center of the universe? There's a gospel going around that seems to suggest that God's big dream is for us all to live magnificently happy lives. I, I don't read that here. I read that men and women live and die, but the word of the Lord spreads. And God gets His kingdom purposes done. doesn't mean we're not utterly cared for. But the book of Acts ends with the fulfillment of the beginning, Acts 1.8, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth, and then it ends with Paul in Rome, the boundaries of the ancient world. Paul finished well. I told you about my first day at Bible school. Can I tell you about my last day? Bible school. Graduation day. I was so excited. Kay, my fiance at the time, was coming down for my graduation. June 23rd, 1978. Exciting day. We had a guest speaker coming to address us on graduation day. A missionary, Peter Griffiths. He was flying in from what was then known as Rhodesia, now Zimbabwe. He led a group of missionaries, teaching and medical, working very close to the Rhodesian border. While he was on the airplane, and I'm going to put this carefully because there are some little ears here listening. I will not use language that summarizes the brutality of this event. While he was on the plane flying to speak to us, A group of terrorists crossed the border, went to the mission station. And eight missionaries and their four children lost their lives. One lady survived and died the next day. The phone rang in the principal's, the school president's study that morning. It was a Saturday, so they couldn't reach our denominational headquarters. And the Rhodesian police said, here is the terrible news. Our school principal, President Wesley Gilpin, dispatched a student to the gates of the college to intercept Peter Griffiths so that nobody would talk to him. The news shot around the school like wildfire. They took him into the study. They said, all of your colleagues are gone. And he said, I must preach still in their honor. And I remember standing there when this man who just lost everything preached for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Subsequently, two reports came in. One was that as the missionaries experienced this terrible slaughter, They lined them up, and one of the men began to cry out in fear. One of the lady missionaries cried out to comfort him. Don't worry, Phil. They can't kill the soul. They finished well. Subsequently, two further things happened. Number one, as they died, they prayed for their attackers. And secondly, eight of those terrorists, I've just been researching it on the internet 25 minutes ago to fill in the detail. I knew that some of them had become pastors. I just discovered 25 minutes ago that eight of them experienced a terrifying vision of the cross and sense the judgment of God eight of those terrorists ended up in bible school because those missionaries finished well two things to say number 1 whatever our context whatever our challenges may God help us to finish well and secondly let me stand before you as a pastor And speak to those of you this Memorial Day who have lost loved ones in service. Let me speak to those of you who have lost loved ones. The Bible says that when we speak of the resurrection, we are to comfort one another with these words. I pray that somehow today that the hug of God might be yours. No cliche, no slogan, no easy comment that makes it all okay. But may you be comforted with the news that death is not the end. In Christ Jesus, it is defeated up from the grave. Heroes. And one day one day there will be the sweetest sweetest of reunions may God give us faith to know it and be comforted by it in Jesus name everyone said amen Amen. could we give the Lord some praise for his mighty work pray with me, will you? Let's pray. We bless you, Lord, because in our believing and in our unbelief, in our moments of great faith, in our moments when we struggle to peer through the gloom and make sense of it all, we thank you. That our faith does not depend on our feelings or our passing thoughts, our emotions. But we can come with all of our struggles to you. Jesus, you stood near Paul and you comforted him. I pray that you'll do that this weekend. This week at the comfort of God. However it comes, maybe through the kindness of a friend might be given to those who so need it. Let's just keep our heads bowed for one moment because not only do we need comfort, but we need challenge too. I'm going to give a very simple invitation. And it is an invitation to those In thinking about finishing well, you know that you are you are on the wrong track, you're heading in the wrong direction, and if things continue in that direction, you are not going to finish well, and you'll waken up to that. It may be that you're a follower of Jesus, but you're headed the wrong way. It may be that you're not, and it's time to start heading his way. But you're heading in the wrong direction. I'm not asking you to respond to this. If you'd like to do a little bit better. I'm asking you to respond to this only if you know you are heading the wrong way and you want to turn around and you need God's help for that. As I look around this building, if that is true for you, would you immediately please just slip up your hand for a moment. Hold it there. And you can put your hands down. Now you've responded. If you're needing to become a Christian, come and talk to us. Our prayer team will be here at the end right where you are, why don't you ask Christ to come into your life? Ask Him to forgive you, cleanse you, take charge. He's ready. Just those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Call out upon Him from your heart. If you're a follower of Jesus, but you're heading the wrong way, call out upon the name of the Lord. Ask Him for grace and strength to help you turn around. So with comfort and with challenge, may we finish well. We agree together in Jesus' name. Amen.